Hi there, welcome to Isometric Gaming with Perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I am here, as always, fresh back off a plane from uh, WWDC, uh, head of development at Giant Space Cat and Games Boss, Brianna Wu. How you doing, Bri? That's right. I am the Games Boss. I am the Games Boss. And this week, the listeners' life force is energizing me. Like, they're out there Ooh. listening to me, and I'm, I'm sucking it from them, and it's making me <laughs> awesome on the show today. So, yes! Sounds like the game's vampire. <laughs> That's yeah. right. I'm game's vampire. You know what, Steve? I think you can start the show with more energy today. Okay. Let's see you do that over again. <laughs> Let's see you do it. Come on. I can't. I, what, do you, what do you want me to do? You want me to sing a jingle, or what do you want me to do here? Ooh, can you sing a jingle? No, no. That's a terrible idea. Nobody wants that. I mean, that. you came you up with it, it, so I feel like now you, you have, have to, to do it. Now, can, yeah. can I try starting the say- show? Oh, boy. Here we go. Go ahead. Bladow! <laughs> you listen to Isometric. <laughs> We are Gaming with Perspective. I am Brianna Wu, the game boss, and I am here with dude whose job I just stole, Steve Lubitz. How are you doing this week, Steve? I, I have no role left. I have nothing. This is all I had left, and now it's that's gone. What did you say at the beginning? Bladow? Bladow, I think is what she said. There's actually there's a story. There's a story about this. So... <laughs> So in the 90s, there was this catchphrase uh, called Padal or something like that. And then NPR had this this, um, correspondent. His name was Nina Bladal. And I was like, that's even better. So I co-opted her last name and turned it into my own. Like, what is the thing in English you call like an exasperated phrase or whatever? That's what it is. So Bladal. I'm just I'm just in awe of of what just happened here. I have I have no words. I'm just kind of. Then we I gotta mean, keep that the I show must go on. Next, we're here with Pace Magazine game editor Maddie Myers. Maddie, are you ready to roll on that college campus that invited us today? Are you ready to conquer that? Are you oh ready yeah, to, to you know I am. I've done it before, and I'll do it again. Invite right. me to your college campus, and also pay me money, <laughs> and I'll talk about video games. That's right. That's right. Do I still get to introduce Maddie or, or have I lost my job entirely okay, no, now? No, you could try it. Try okay. it, but let's see some feeling. All right. So we are, we're, oh, I don't know. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take, I gotta take a minute and kind of like, like Kirby, I need to suck up a bunch of air to kind of, we have, oh man, no. I, I, <laughs> You're too nervous. You're psyching yourself now out now. Now he's stressed now. Now he's stressed. Bree, oh, you stressed now it's Maddie Myers, how the hell are you? I'm doing great, Steve. Thank you. Thank you for asking. I'm slightly echoey because I'm in an almost completely empty room because listeners may recall that I said I was moving this week and I am moving as of 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. So I moved my laptop and my recording equipment and a desk and that's it. I'm in the new place with the new internet and absolutely nothing else other than the essentials. That's really all you need, though. I mean, as long as you have your microphone and an internet and a computer, I mean, really, the rest of the stuff is, you know. That could just come and go. I mean, I also brought a bunch of food because I care about food. Well, yeah. You you know, you know, you keep your strength up to be able to, uh, you know, to be able to play Metroid for the 60th time. If you Mm -hmm. want any hope of defeating the game's boss, you must gather your strength, Maddie Myers. (laughs) I don't want to defeat the game's boss. I want to be, you know, a mini boss boss myself. The game's boss, right. A mid boss, if you will. When did it change from mini boss to mid boss? Is that a thing that happened? Um, I don't know. Okay. Disgaea? <laughs> There's that joke about mid-bosses in Disgaea, right? Anyway, introduce somebody uh, else. I have a feeling we have another person we, we, here. We have Georgia Dow. We, we welcome really? to the show. Hi. Hi. Here. Hi. 
I don't know if that was good enough. Wait, was that good enough? I like this new frantically excited Steve. Steve I like scream Bladell and then go. We've also got Canadian Game Boss Georgia Dow. I don't know. Is Georgia earned the title of Canadian Game Boss? I, I, you know. Yes. Are we sure yes. about that? As it's- the Game Boss, I just decreed her Game Boss of Canada. There's only like five Canadians in the world, anyways. So like that, it, it's not a hard thing to get. I, I and apparently, all of them have gotten Pixie Sticks except for you. Oh, we found out this week. That's rough. Mm, yeah, we got a lot of Pixie Stick updates. Yeah. Pretty good. Keep sending those in. I say that's the only thing that we should ever get reader mail about from now on is just various candy purchases. I'd rather have that than like emails about how mean I am about costumes or whatever. Send me stuff about candy. That's what I say. We could expand to like gobstoppers and, you know, other other fine confectionaries. We don't need to limit ourselves to pixie sticks. Yeah, I mean I have a lot of varied interests, like all sugar based pretty much, but you know. Hey Maddie, hey Maddie. Mm-hmm. I have a message out there for everyone that wrote you mean emails about <laughs> costumes. I will destroy you. I will make it my mission in life. I will <laughs> It was only one person, but I was so thrown by it that like okay. I didn't even know. I honestly like when somebody says that I'm being mean and I wasn't being mean, I never know how to react. I'm like, "Come on, I wasn't even being mean that time. I've been mean before." You you'll anyway. know you're being mean cuz I'll start sobbing in the corner and, and oh, then you'll Oh, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. When I'm picking on Steve, for example, when I'm openly mocking Steve on the show, that's an example <laughs> of something that you could take me to task for. But but that, nah, that was nothing. I mean, if you can't be mean to Batman, who can who can you be mean to, really? It's not. I wasn't being mean though. I was holding the Batman fashion design to a higher standard. They deserved it, and they needed to hear it. Anyway, listeners uh. can go back and listen to that episode if this is their first time here. If they want to know what I'm talking about, that was follow up that no one knew I was going to do. <laughs> Hello, everyone. We could talk for another twenty minutes about Batman's costumes no, if you want. That's fine. We can move on. I've got a lot to say. I have a lot to say about that costume. Can we just keep going? No! And like, oh my god! Every episode isometric from now on, I think we complain about those costumes. Oh my god! Okay, okay, and we do it for like thirty minutes, and we actually get more and more intense each time. And people are like, "Is this the show now? Is the whole show just about Poison Ivy and all of her various incarnations?" And it turns out that yes, it is. It's not it about video be. games anymore. It's okay, entirely fine. about Poison Ivy. Fine. Let's talk about those video games. Okay. Whatever, Maddie. Well, <laughs> how was WWDC, Brie? Well, okay, so let me tell our listeners a story. So I fly into WWDC, and I wake up early on the morning, on Monday morning, and I'm rolling in to my WWDC party, and like, oh, it's a super swank hotel. Like, it's so freaking nice. Like, it's got this this name where the hotel name isn't even spelled right. Like, they just <laughs> randomly changed the last name of it to something French-sounding. Mm. And, like, it's got two numbers on the end of it, which, I you know, it's mega fancy. So I'm, like, rolling into their ballroom. And there, as I'm rolling into the ballroom, it's got the names of all the awesome people that are going to be at that party. And Georgia Dow, her name, is right there on that list. And I'm like, oh, my God, they flew in Georgia Dow. I'm going to be partying with Georgia at this keynote. It's happening. Is this, is this it's the notes one, right? Right. And then I roll in. And no Georgia Dow. They don't like me that much. I spent two hours writing crabby, cranky (laughs) tweets about the keynote because I was so brought down by that failed expectation. Thank you, Apple. I think you were the only one that was sad that I was not there. (laughs) What? Are you kidding me? So let me tell you, Georgia. Me and my friend Sabby 
in Virginia. We partied all week. Now, now, look, I know like people say they party, but I'm telling you, like, just wherever we went all week long, like the party is rolling along with us. Like, and it's, can I tell you, like, is surreal going to an Apple event now? Because every night, like, I just, I'm like, just walking around. And I have like, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, hundreds of people walking up to me every day, like, oh my God, you're Brianna Wu. I... Thank you for the work you're doing. I'm like, yeah, you're talking to me. It's a dream come true. (laughs) (laughs) Here you go. Did you say it exactly in that drone voice? No, that is what I would do. Bree is very gracious. Whereas I literally will be like, I don't want to be here. Every time I'm like, really? You're a fan of mine. I'm terrible. (laughs) Have you heard the show? Come on. If you want to. Like, George is nice. I am a mean <laughs> rap bastard. Like, you know, like, no, you're not. You're yeah. a mean rat something G-rated. Yes, right? that's true. That's true. So I partied with everyone this week. I sat there at the App Camp for Girls party talking to Syracuse about Destiny forever. I, I, uh, yeah, I met like every single person on the Mac scene. I met Apple executives. I met, I partied with Christina Warren and Serenity awesome. Caldwell. Do you know how great that was? Oh, they're amazing. Oh, that sounds so great. Yeah. 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 And Georgia wasn't there. Well, <laughs> that's why you had so much fun. But, you know. Are you kidding? Georgia. Okay. Look. <laughs> look. You, me, Sabby, Virginia, Christina. And serenity at WWDC. Come on. That I would mean, be such right. chaos. We would probably have to do the rest of the night. We'd need Steve to, like, you know, bail us out. Yeah. You do know that, right? That's got to happen. Well, that's pretty much my job. That's the only reason you guys keep me around is for bail money. That is Just, true. You know. yeah, yeah, that yeah, is yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Did, you, did you get to scream no deal? I, I in fact, did scream no deal at okay. several points. So, yes. you made, I heard you made a, a Star Wars Battle Pod machine, like, self-destruct. I, okay. So, guys, here's the thing with Star Wars Battle Pod. If you have spent your life playing X-Wing or TIE Fighter in the DOS days, that game completely rewards those skills. Because noobs and morons, like that eight-year-old that was playing before I got in there, <laughs> like, they... <laughs> Yeah, what a moron. He's only spent eight years on this planet. Right. God, what a noob. They don't know. He's like, they're going to try to accelerate when the TIE fighter goes out of, like, their their line of fire. But if you played X-Wing, you know you decelerate. So you're going slower, and you can, like, target the person. Then you accelerate. So if you have that simple, stupid, non-intuitive trick, like, you can just own that game. And I went all the way through it on, like, one, like, no failures. Like, boom. And now I have the number one score of all time there. So it's sweet. Ah. And Dan Morin couldn't beat me. Big deal. That's as it should be. It's a big deal. Basically, I'm saying I brought it. (laughs) You always do, Brie. I did. I would be disappointed if you said, no, didn't. (laughs) I did not bring it. I chose not to bring it. Go back. I just, just, you know, I brought my C game this time. You know, I didn't really feel like bringing out the A game. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just WWDC. I know. know? No, you bring out like the triple A game every time that you every time you step in there. So that's true. That's true. So we need to tell our listeners where Game Boss came from. So um, I'm getting on the plane to WWDC and they send me like I did this interview with uh, the biggest newspaper in Ireland and they send me a clip of it. And the headline that that. 
the Ireland Times has picked is Games Boss Visits Ireland to I Confront Industry Misogyny. I love that. And I am like, wow, <laughs> I couldn't pay them to write that headline. Like, that's awesome. So I'm having that like blown up huge and put behind my computer. So <laughs> whenever I feel bad reading Gamergate stuff, it's just going to say Games Boss. And I'm going to be like, I am the Games Boss. You are the games boss. I am yeah. the games boss. That's yeah. a great. That's yeah. a great title. It's that a great was... way to refer to people who work in games yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. No, See, they got a, they got it figured out over in Europe. You know, they oh, have yeah. real. They just cut to the chase. They don't go on with all this. You know, head of development. No, that no. No, boss. no, 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 no. Too many boss. words. Done. You games know? boss. That's games it. Boss. That's specific that's enough. So uh, should we actually talk out some news? Yeah, why don't we? I mean, we don't need to talk about the whole everything that they talked about at WWDC because we're not that kind of we're not that kind of show, and you can go listen to Rocket for that. And we did, and you and you guys covered that amazingly well. Yeah, but I do want to talk to you a lot about Metal because they announced Metal for the Mac at WWDC this week, and this is uh, following last year they uh, they announced Metal for iOS, and so this year they're bringing it to the Mac, and they were. They brought Epic on stage to show a new free-to-play game that they're doing and uh, demonstrated uh, a lot of technical talk that I should understand from talking to you from now by by now, but I don't. Um, but they showed a lot of increased performance, and then they were talking about it. Adobe was able to improve the performance of tools like After Effects and Illustrator significantly as well. So um, I'm, I was going back through a couple things that I just kind of squirreled away, and I found an article from a few months ago back when Oculus said that they weren't going to be supporting Mac right away. There was an article that Peter Cohen wrote for iMore uh, basically saying that Mac gaming has gotten a lot better, but there's still a long way to go. And yep. I, I want to get your opinion of do you feel like this is enough or – is this because it seems like a lot of the major engines are going to be supporting this? So it seems like it should make a big difference. And a lot of the AAA games, which are generally lacking on the Mac, coming to the Mac and making it a more equal platform from Windows. But we've kind of seen some stuff like this before. Does this seem like something that's going to make a difference? Well, um, like let's let's walk our users, our listeners rather, through through this and what metal is, why it's important. Um, I actually wrote a fine op-ed about this for iMore, George's fine fine publication, Go which green. is right next to the Bible. Um, so, <laughs> so iBible.com and iMore.com. So right, the example right. the example I used in my piece is I have an octocore Mac Pro. Um, so you know, I have both Windows and I have OS ten on it. And on Windows, when I import uh, the Dragon Shop from Revolution 60, it imports and assembles all of the materials in about 10 seconds. When I do that same operation, same machine, same specs, different operating system, in OS X, um, it takes about 53 seconds. And the reason for that, it's multifactorial, but if you had to pin it on one thing, it's OpenGL which is um, implementing in a very, very inefficient way in OS X. Um, like, go Google the phrase OpenGL sucks OS X, and you'll see a lot of, a lot of pieces on this. So what Metal is doing is um, it's bypassing OpenGL. It's giving you basically a series of um, frameworks that are written in binary in uh, basically assembly language, on a per-chip basis to do a lot of 3D operations very, very efficiently. 
So what you're going to see is games, basically anything with 3D is going to have huge, 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 huge performance gains on this. Now, not all Macs are being supported with Metal. They've got a list of them. Um, As you can expect, it's only the more recent Macs are being supported. But going forward, this is going to mean that, you know, basically Macs are going to be more competitive with PCs assuming this gets implemented and assuming it works. It's also worth saying that Apple throwing a company slide up on stage at a keynote is not the same as seeing these performance gains in reality. Um, now, when I was watching this, I, I want to tell you guys what I tweeted out. So, you know, this, is, this was my first reaction to it. Great news about metal. When I think about experts in mastering performance for Mac hardware, I think of Adobe and the Flash team. Because they were giving a um, a thing on it, but also uh, thanks to Metal, all three Unreal games that come to Mac this year will be stunning, which will still be more than the Steam box. So at first, when I'm like watching this, I'm like, well, what does it matter if Unreal is going to implement Metal on Mac? Like there are barely any Unreal games that end up making it to to OS 10. But then I started thinking through the problem and how this is going to impact um, anyone that uses their Mac to create professional content. So if you want to develop games using Unreal 4, this is going to vastly speed that up. And it's also going to pay off for um, you know Unity games, anything Blizzard puts out. Anything's been uh, ported over by Aspire, um, you know, the Frostbite engine, I think, um, anything 2K does. It's basically a lot of different engines that are going to see these performance gains. So your question, Steve, is like, is this going to be the next big thing? Who knows? But it's certainly solving a really major problem that Mac gamers, it has the potential to solve a really big problem that Mac gamers face. Sorry, can you say that in English? <laughs> sure. Uh, 3D stuff doesn't run great on Mac, and this could fix it if companies follow through. Okay. Great. I like that. So, I mean, I guess the, the thing is, though, like, I mean, the, the support, these engines have supported compiling to Mac up to now. I know that they're, obviously OpenGL is a, is a gating factor, but these could still port it even if the performance wasn't as good. Is it just because the performance is so bad that they don't want to bother, or are there other things that are kind of keeping keeping developers from being able to release a Mac version other than just the graphics performance? Well, you know, uh, like with Unreal, it's not just that you have to worry about Unreal. It's all the systems around it. Like for us, scale forms are really big pain in the butt uh, to do it. So you have the programs that surround it that you also have to support it as different frameworks and different parts of your programs are going to use different frameworks. So it's it's a really complicated problem. The other thing is Mac users, A, they're more price sensitive with games, which is really weird considering... <laughs> you know, how much they're willing to spend for Mac hardware and iPhone hardware. And I think they're just a consumer that's looking for a different experience generally than a PC gamer. So, um, you know, the the truth is I don't expect this to drastically increase the number of games on Mac. What I do think it's going to help is people that make games on Mac. Like uh, if you use Maya, like I do, this is really going to matter. If you use any of the Foundries tools, this is really going to matter. If you use After Effects, this is really going to matter. So, you know, it's, you have to be really wary because, you know, I've been in technology for a while and tech companies tend to 
come out and swear up and down that something's going to be the biggest thing on Earth. Like, Adobe introduced their own game engine this year uh, at GDC, and, like, the angels were singing on high, and I haven't heard one person talk about it since. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's another thing to talk about. It's another to bring it into reality. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what that's what I wanted to get your perspective on, because it just seems like, you know, Apple Apple says a lot of things. But at the, at the end of the day, they're still shipping all these computers with integrated graphics. And like I was because I just bought this 15 uh, inch uh, MacBook Pro that you you guided me into. And when I was looking at it, it was by the time that I'd finished doing all the configuration, I was like two hundred dollars away from the higher end version. And the difference was that that's the only version like the has a discrete GPU. And nothing else, at least in the laptop line, has any sort of a discrete GPU. And, I mean, you can play games. I'm playing – I played some things uh, this week just to see how the performance was, and it's good. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're still limiting yourself by the hardware that you're putting in. So it's it's kind of weird when you see them saying that they want to have this big focus on gaming by bringing metal down. But on the other side of it, that's not the primary focus for the hardware that they're releasing. Actually, I think you've got it the other way around, Do Steve. Um, yeah, I think like you were assuming that the reason this needs to be brought to fruition in OS ten is so you can have discrete GPUs and you can like have more games there. I think you should think about it the other way, where integrated graphics are going to be the future of OS ten for most ordinary consumers. Yeah. So it can help Apple make that slim, thin, energy-efficient design that their consumers are clearly asking for and getting the most bang for the buck out of that very limited number of um, you know, basically chip motherboard graphic possibilities that are going to be out there. So I think you've kind of, I think you, you got the right point just in reverse. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm, it's going to be better for content creators than it is gamers. So it's a big, it's a big win for developers and it's, it's something that's going to be more exciting for someone like you than someone like me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, uh, I have enough money in the bank to buy a Mac Pro, uh, like the the trash can looking black thing, because <laughs> Unreal is so inefficient. So it on it, it, it does. does. It looks like a trash can. It looks. You, you can actually go to an Apple store. You'll see little pieces of garbage in them. <laughs> Yeah, well, you, you could use it as a trash can, right, Georgia? Like I could be drinking soil it I'm done with this and throw it in my Mac. I mean, at least it looks like right? a trash can from the Starship Enterprise. At least though. it does. Right. Look I mean, it's so a very cool. shiny trash can. Right. I don't know why so, they haven't come out with a clear one yet because that would just be the coolest. Or one that looks like R two D two. Oh. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> my my point is, um, I had money in my bank account to get a Mac Pro, but what I'm going to do is wait to see what the performance gains are once Unreal Editor ends up implementing this, and hopefully, I won't. Uh, I'll be able to save that three thousand dollars. So we'll see. Awesome. Yep. Well, at, le- at least if it makes your life easier, if it, even if it doesn't mean more games that I can buy, uh, you know, that's that's still a win-win. So. I'm really glad that Mac Pro trash can auto-filled on Google. People people know what this is, and they care that it looks like a trash can. Anyway, well, that's my only <laughs> that's my only offering to this entire topic. Hello, everyone. I'm here with a joke. <laughs> it was a good one. It was a very good one, Maddie. What's up, guys? I'm Maddie Myers. So I guess let's Bring talk it. about those those games that 
are getting sold on the Mac and on PC through Steam, and the refunds that Steam that <laughs> Valve decided to uh, to implement over the it was like a week ago that they did this, and so they decided as Valve tends to do, just one day they just came. Gabe Newell came down from the mountain with new stone tablets, and he said there shall be refunds, and um and Aww. all of a sudden that's that's what's happening. So the the new rules are that. If you have bought a game within 14 days and you have played it for less than two hours, you can apply for a refund, no questions asked, for any reason whatsoever. And they say that they will be monitoring people who are requesting a lot of refunds for abuse, (laughs) which... Uh, I mean, wow, that yeah. sounds really in character yeah. for Steam. Like yeah. we've we've talked so much on this show before about how Steam cares so much about abuse, like in comments and on Greenlight, like absolutely, and like in voice chat in games, like Steam absolutely bans people whenever they are mean in any way. I mean, when you start <laughs> digging into this a little bit further, there was a, an article that went up on Gama Sutra. Uh, last week where someone went through and he quote unquote accidentally bought Assassin's Creed 3 to return it to see what would happen. Mm -hmm. And apparently when you get a refund from Steam, the the money does not get credited to your credit card. It actually goes into your Steam wallet. So Valve has your money regardless. They're just giving it back to you so that you can use it somewhere else in Steam. It's more of a store credit. You can return games for store credit. Yeah. They'll give you a gift card. I understand that trick. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot more sense. I wondered where they were going <laughs> to <laughs> twist the knife. And and they actually there I'm looking through it. There actually does say, you know, that um we hope that this will give you more confidence in trying out titles that you're less certain about. So <laughs> when you when you do that. So in yeah. a way that benefits Steam but doesn't benefit but, but, developers. Yeah. Though. That that sounds completely out of character for, yeah. for Valve. He was he was stroking a cat and then he shot a developer out of his his blimp into the earth as he was doing that. It was great. It was great. <laughs> what does the blimp say on it though? It says Max Zorin slash <laughs> Sorry, if you haven't watched Bond movies. Uh Gabe Newell is evil for this policy. This is a bad policy. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Steve. Uh, so I'll 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 just go through the bullet points of why this is terrible and then I'll let you I'll let you go uh build your range up. But uh so there were a lot of complaint a lot of concerns that came out right away about uh games that have offered DRM that if you re- get a refund on a game that has DRM, there's nothing for stopping you from copying the executable off and still having a copy of the game. Uh, games that are shorter than two hours, you could play through that and then ask for a refund and you've gotten everything you're going to get out of the game. Oh, and then you're right now, you're limited to commenting and reviewing games that you've bought, but there's it's unclear whether they're going to remove any reviews that you've uh, you've put on a game. So it's very easy, unless they're doing that, which I'm sure they're not, to brigade a game by buying it, leaving it scathing review, and then asking for a refund. So, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of a lot of posts that have been coming out about different developers' experiences, and they're kind of all over the map, especially because it seems like you can now re- get a refund on anything from the last six months, regardless of how long you've actually played it, which is even better. And by better, I mean worse. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so Bree, you had a lot of thoughts on this. I know you're, you're, you know. I, tell you, I just went off for a long time metal. I do have a lot of thoughts, but I want to hear from Maddie and Georgia, and then we can come back to yeah. Me. Go so. ahead. So, Maddie, where, where, where are your, where are your thoughts on this? 
You know, I I actually didn't think it was that bad at first because I really disliked the fact that in the digital world, we can never get refunds on anything that we buy. And sometimes you do buy things by accident. So it's not that I don't want this policy to exist at all. I'll just say that up front. And I, I don't know if you all agree with me on that or not, but I, I do think the idea is cool. There have definitely been times in my life when I bought something and within five minutes I've been able to tell, oh, this really isn't what I thought it was or I've made a mistake here. But two hours seems like the wrong amount of time. But I also don't really know that I have an idea of what the right amount of time would be. And um, uh, at Paste, uh, Cameron Kunzelman, uh, who's a game dev that I know, I've talked about his games on the show before, uh, wrote a piece for us about how he feels like imposing that two-hour limit kind of bridges into the whole let's not define what a game is or isn't territory because he makes a lot of really short games. And um, obviously, like the, I would still consider them games, but by putting that two-hour marker on there, you're, you're sort of inviting people to, even if only subconsciously, to place a value on games that are shorter than that, like a low value. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, even if, even if you, you don't return those games and you're still enforcing that subconscious value judgment on shorter games as, as being not worthwhile, even if they don't cost that much. And I, I think that's really important to bring up, just like the way that Steam is uh, sort of creating an atmosphere that I think in, infects all of us, even if only subconsciously. Like I've talked before about how I think Steam represents PC gamer culture and often its actions are accepted as gospel by PC gamers in a way that I think is really weird and is only getting worse. And that means that this action makes me think, okay, great. So now people are going to think this is acceptable because steam is doing it and steam is our god so we have to you know what i'm saying like so the two hour thing uh throws me for a loop a little bit i don't have a good suggestion for them but um i would be curious to hear everybody else's thoughts though so, georgia? i'm gonna blow up so georgia, <laughs> georgia, 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 this is one your, this is one piece. of those one of those topics where we let brie build up her rage into a, a flaming <laughs> fireball tornado of, of anger so we mm-hmm. need to get in whatever we're going to get in now before that happens so go ahead georgia um you know i think that you know they they chose a time so that you know it would be enough of a game and they did something in a way that would be easy for them to implement um someone in the chat room said that maybe a percentage of the game played would be better but i don't know about creating an algorithm to be able to check that yeah um which you know it sounds more fair but it's just one of those difficulties and i i think that it's a good thing for people to be able to get a refund but for what you know you choose a game take a look review it I know that games that are new, it's hard for people to give a test run for it beforehand. And then, you know, some games are good, some games are bad. I think that, and some games, it's a good game. You just don't, like, you didn't enjoy it for whatever reason. And it's really hard if you're going to have an indie game and something that's going to be difficult out there to have, you know, people then take a look at it and then you, you know, how do you then make the money to be able to produce new innovative games to be able to go out there? So... Though I understand that they're giving, you know, trying to do something to make people try out new games, I do worry about it just having, you know, people, you know, gaming the system to be able, you know, try out a game, be able to give it a horrible review and then get a refund to it. Or even have, you get to then have a whole bunch of people play your game, 
review your game and then refund it after you've reviewed it. So I think that even, you know, when you like the game, you can game the system to get a refund for that game afterwards. You know, or if you speed run the game. But I I think that most people, they would have already bought the game if they were able to do that in the first place. So um, I I think that it's not a horrible thing. I think that there's definitely some things that they need to deal with. Um, You know, again, Steam still makes their money. It's the developer that kind of gets the short end to this. Yeah, Which is sad, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's going to be the the indie developers that are going to really be be hurt by this more than anything else. And we really need to protect them as well. Yeah. And I mean, like as a consumer, like I I heard this and I'm like, well, this is good. You know, it's refunds are good. I want refunds. I want to be able to have a refund because I mean, there have been games that I've played. I'm like, wow, this is really not what I thought it was. And maybe I probably wouldn't have asked for a refund, but there are times that I might have or, or games that just wouldn't run on my computer. But I mean, and it, I think it's worth, it's bare saying that I saw some of these claims, and if this was any other store, I'd be like, mm-hmm. you guys are really overthinking this. But I think the fact that Steam's community is as like toxic as it is, mm-hmm. and Valve is is ineffective at policing them as there are. Like I saw, and, all and of it's these- as mandatory as it is to be a part of. Like there aren't alternatives to Steam, you know, like for consumers or developers, really. Yeah, I mean, there are some places that try, but we've talked about that before. There's not really. You have to be on Steam. So it's like I looked at this. I'm like. Yeah, this is all stuff that could happen, and this is all terrible, and it, I can't believe that Valve wouldn't think this through. But then again, I can completely believe that Valve wouldn't think this through because this is what they do. They just kind of make a decision, and then they go with it. And Apple does this too, but Apple seems to uh, – you know, they make mistakes too, but they seem to generally have a better feeling for what's going to happen, and they can walk it back a little bit better. Valve either just drops it completely or they just leave it how it is and then you know hope for the best. And it's, it's going to be – a real problem. I mean, you see developers all over the map and especially that they're letting all of these refunds come from like way back. And there are a number of developers who are, you know, saying that they've, you know, kind of evened out from the steam sale, which is going on right now, because this is the time when a lot of people are going to ask for, for refunds because they're buying games that they're just kind of saying, eh, it's a couple dollars, I'll get it. And that's when they make a lot of their money by doing that discount and now they're getting a lot of refunds because people are buying doing impulse buys and then they're doing they're asking for refunds because you know they decided it wasn't it wasn't what they wanted but uh, you know I, that's not that's not necess- that's almost how it's supposed to work i guess but it's happening like on a scale that i don't think it would happen at any other store i also feel really bad for people that are counting on the certain amount of money that they're going to be getting and then, you know, if it's two hours played, how, you know, within a certain time period, you're going to be like, oh, okay, we're safe. And then a whole bunch of people are going to be just disca- like getting refunds to your game and you're out of the money. It's, yeah, it's just, oh, it, it definitely puts a little bit of a barrier. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen a bunch of articles this week saying like, well, everything is demo now because everyone's going to get to play your game for two hours. And if they... You know, if they don't like it, they'll refund it. So now every game that you put out, even though you didn't mean to make a demo, you just made a two-hour demo, and that's you have to behave accordingly now. Yeah, so, and some games yeah. are really sh- – there are short games yeah. out there, so. Yeah, but, like, when are we going to hear Bree talk, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> Go ahead, Bree. <sighs> <laughs> She's building up. I just tried to get it all out. Go ahead. So, so it's like <laughs> – Okay, so Giant Space Cab, we're asking ourselves, okay, do we go with, like, the storefront where you've got 
embarrassingly transphobic customer service people. They're like arguing with their transgender customers in a demeaning way, <laughs> like to do that. Or do we go with like the service is going to screw us financially and that, you know, kind of made us feel unprecedented abuse when we were on stream steam green light. It's like, boy, which awesome company are we going to go with here? Yeah. I've got to be honest. Like this is such a terrible policy for indie developers. It, very strongly as GSX wondering why we would want to continue working with Valve. I mean, I am still very pissed about the abuse to our team that they let continue when we were on Steam Greenlight, where they refused to enforce their terms of service. Um, and then you have this. And guys, like I've sat here and I'm listening to your, your consumer points of view and I hear it and it's valid. But when we talk about the Steam Greenlight thing, I the only developer I've actually heard from I've heard from Brad Wardell, Nina, uh, and I've heard from me on this, and it seems like it's so oversampled with consumer opinions. And why not? Like Steam is something that works really well for consumers. Steve, you get a thrill out of these Steam sales that I truly don't understand. I, I truly don't like it comes around and you get so excited about saving a few dollars on it. And like, to me, it's like, gosh, and I think about like the, the way it's just lowering the bar for everyone. It's the same model as the app store that devalues everything. And you're absolutely right that this is going to basically create a two hour demo. And it's not helped by the fact that PC consumers are the worst consumers in the entire video game industry, which is a hell of a high bar. <laughs> like, it is, it is <laughs> shooting for the stars. Like, something that is, I know indie developers that have heard all week long, like, talking about this policy, and I have been inundated with jerks. I'm trying not to curse, <laughs> that are saying things like, ooh, 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 just make a better game. Ooh, make a game that's more than two hours. It's all this stupid stuff. Look at Nina's game freshman year. That thing is has so much more to say than 99.999% of games out there. It's important socially. It is a work of art. It is a good game that people should play. And we need... So much more of that in this soulless industry that is so completely bereft of ideas and innovation that it just is like, it's so bad that it doesn't just hurt me. It's dooming the entire video game industry. Like, that's how bad our innovation problem is. And this is going to kill it even worse. Dude. And the fact, like, like Maddie, you're sitting here talking to me, and like you're saying stuff like, and Valve just gets the money no matter what, and then they just give it to another developer. Yeah, I'm here, and I'm looking at the 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 giant stuffed animal that Georgia like hit me with for Monster Mania at Patsy's this year. <laughs> My and elbow I'm about still to hurts. Take that stuffed animal right in your elbow, and I'm about to just rip it into pieces because it gets me so mad, and it's so no, unfair. No, don't, don't, don't do that to the poor stuffed animal. Don't that stuffed that animal can't do anything. There were oh. no stuffed animals that were harmed in the making of All this right. podcast. Fix the refund policy or the stuffed animal gets it. <laughs> Steam has to change this before the stuffed animal uh, gets yeah. damaged. Steam isn't going to change it, though. No, they're the not. Thing. Like, I, not to just come in with the barreling Maddie Myers pessimism here, but it's kind of their thing to just not care. 
that's sort of the precedent that they've set as a company is to be like, oh, you have complaints? We don't care. And then they shut their front door and they walk back up to the top of the stairs and you don't ever hear from them again. Yeah. And and I mean, what they're saying, I mean, they're saying pretty clearly, if if you can complete a game in under two hours, it has no value. That's basically what they're they're saying. They're basically implying that. And they're also just saying like, oh, people can exploit the system. We don't care. I mean, like that's, I don't know. I don't know why people fetishize Steam so much. I just don't. And I really hope that this is going to be a turning point. It won't be. Oh, well. Uh. Brie, your game is, you know, I I don't think that most people would finish it under two hours. I don't either. I I was going to say that. But we're going to have a lot of people that are going to buy it and they're going to refund it just to be jerks. Mm -hmm. And And they're going to write mean reviews. They are. That will happen. And it's like, how much abuse are we willing to do? Because Valve is, like, very often at tech conferences, I talk about the whole problem with our industry. With all the systems, they're made by men for men. And Steam is the, like, eye on the top of the pyramid on the dollar bill of systems made by men for men. They don't give a damn about women. They don't give a damn about abuse. They don't give a damn about anything besides this bro gamer mentality that is just the worst part of the video game industry. And it is so frustrating that this is the marketplace that, like, I'm forced to sell my stuff on. It, it makes me want to cry because I don't really want to do business with them. And I don't want to get all the abuse that I know I'm going to get. Just because I, you know, I don't make games for money. I have money. I do it because it's art and I care about it. And I want to give the women that I know are really talented creatively places to work where they don't get a show constantly that is the truth of what motivates me as a person and the fact that i'm gonna have to deal with all this abuse just to get my game out the door because steam doesn't give a damn about women it's 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 just another way the video game industry is stuck in 1960 well i hope that people listening to this will understand that because I, I haven't really seen that many people talking about that aspect of it yet. So maybe this episode will at least change our listeners perspective on it. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like that the one thing, the one protection that they had against some of that, I mean, green light, notwithstanding, cause there wasn't any purchase risk required there, but at least, you know, they would have to give you money in order to leave a bad review. I guess. I mean, I think green light was set up horribly and we've yeah. talked about that on the show as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not at, giving them any points for that. Right, but at least for at least in the store on the review, they have to the the rules are that they have to at least have bought the game in order to leave a review. And now, right, and now they can. Now they can. <laughs> I mean, I would like to think that they would be doing something like if you get a refund, they would raise your reviews. But I don't have any. You know, if this was again, if this was any other company, I'd say, well, they'll probably figure that out. But with Valve, I don't. They don't care. So I don't have any reason to to think that they will. So do we have a less uh, yeah. sad topic to close well, out on? Well, we can talk about we Oculus if, for a little bit, and that's that's a little bit less sad. Yeah, let's enter a virtual realm where Steam doesn't exist. <laughs> also, a controller is there. <laughs> uh, this is why I don't do introductions on the show, Steve, because there are just non sequiturs. So at least I may not be able to do I may not be allowed to do introductions anymore, but at least I'll be able to oh. introduce the topics. <laughs> We'll, we'll allow you to have that. We'll let you keep that. I could have. I could have my one thing. That that's all. So, um, so Oculus had a had an announcement, uh, a pre E three press conference on Thursday, 
where they find, they reveal – I mean this has been kind of like a slow drip of information over the last couple months about the consumer launch that's going to be happening early next year. Uh, they finally revealed the uh, the consumer hardware kit, which is, looks considerably lighter and more comfortable than the dev kits. Uh, it's got an official release date of quarter one, 2016. I don't know how you have an official release date that's three months long, but okay. Um, and so they revealed some more details about it. Apparently there's going to be some integration with Xbox one where it's not Xbox is not going to have virtual reality integration right off the bat, but there's going to be a way that you can stream from it to the Oculus and have it be like a giant big screen TV. They said, um, but, and they have, they showed off Oculus home, which is kind of their in device store that you can use to preview content and buy it. Uh, but the most interesting thing that they revealed uh, was this Oculus Touch controller or controllers uh, that are – they look like a, a big Wiimote or nunchuck that uh, you hold one in each hand and they have an analog stick and a couple of buttons and a trigger. And they also can sense your hand movements. They showed off in the video uh, being able to like do a thumbs up or point at something and your hand in the game would actually react to that. And it's got haptic feedback so that you can feel like you're manipulating things. And they also showed off this toy box mode where you could actually go into um, – you could go into like this little playroom that looks like a room after my kids are done with it and yeah. and and pick up like toys and kind of turn them around and manipulate them and see how that would react to the touch controller. So that looked really interesting and that kind of looked like the piece that's been missing but that's not going to be available for the consumer launch in Q1. Uh that's going to be something that's going to be a separate purchase uh later on. So um what is this something that is interesting to to you guys? Does this look like they're on the right track? What do you what do you think like looking at this thing? Well, I think the news that you're highlighting is more on the, the consumer-facing side. Um, I guess I'd say overall, I think this is um, – it, it looks very well poised to me to develop a healthy uh, developer ecosystem, which is the real question here. Like it doesn't matter how great Ouya is if there's no developer base, right? So I see things like their partnership with Microsoft, which makes a lot of sense. I see things like big news was they're putting together $10 million in dev funds for developers, which um, I sure know a lot of women there talking about trying to get access to some of that. Um, you know, when it comes down to what the terms are, like is it a loan to be repaid? Um, who gets the patents if you end up patenting things? Um, but but that's that's really big news. The controllers look like they're solving a very very serious problem. Um, at Giant Space Cat, we've been you know, we've been working on this, and we've been trying to figure out things like um, you know I bought a Mio the other day, which is this thing that measures the tendons in your arm as they move, like sensing fist gestures and stuff. Uh, because I don't think you can hand someone like a, a controller and have it work in VR. So depending on how good the sensitivity it is, uh, it really like. I saw that and I'm like, wow, that would work really well for the action events in a Rev 60 game, right? Um, so I'm really confident about it. it we're really going to have to see how consumers react to the nausea problem, which is the number one biggest problem that Oculus is going to face. Um, but other than that, I'm really excited. Well, I think it's or they have two problems. One of them is nausea and one of them is cost. They're saying that you're going to need at least $1,500 between the new gaming rig that you're going to have to buy and the the headset, and that they haven't said what the touch controllers are going to cost. So obviously that's going to come down, but that's going to be something that's going to be... I, I'm 
kind of interested in how you know how many games come out for this and how quickly they come out only because they're just I, I can't imagine that there's going to be a huge install base at least at first I mean obviously you're making an investment in the future but it's going to be the kind of thing like I can't see myself getting this for you know at least a couple of years after launch I can't you know as a consumer uh, I mean I, I'm interested in this as you know the future of gaming and where it's going but as a consumer I couldn't imagine you know spending $1500 on what would eventually essentially be the iPad 1 of of VR you know what I mean like knowing that it's going to improve dramatically down the line and that that's a very high cost yeah i mean yeah, again it's this difference of perspective i think we have like you're on the consumer side of this um like you think people are going to have to buy an entirely new computer for this yeah that's what that's what they've been saying is that they're the requirements i don't have the requirements up in front of me but mm-hmm. it sounds like they're they're pretty high end graphics cards that need to run it. I mean, the, the good news is that they said that if you buy it, that those those requirements aren't likely to increase uh, for a while. But it sounds like what they're requiring you to buy in order to run it is a pretty high end uh, gaming PC. Well, and right. again, it's it has to render it for each eyeball, and that's going to be difficult. Um, I guess I'd say this. I mean, I I think it's going to be a lot like the Tesla. So they brought out the first Tesla and it was ridiculously expensive. And then like the model, what is it out, that's out right now? The Model S that's out right I now? Think so. You know, that came down to a much more reasonable consumer price point. They got recharging stations everywhere. You know, the one that they're coming out with next is the Y. And they're trying to move this more towards the consumer price point. You know, it's a long-term game that Tesla's playing over years. So, you know, to me, at GSX, as we're thinking about this and working on this, the two- to three-year prognosis for this, I I don't even care about it. I think it's going to be a statistical outlier. What I'm thinking about is, like, the PS5, as this is built into a Project Morpheus. You know, I'm thinking about down the line because it, it kind of, no matter what it looks like right now, it's going to be a statistical outlier and a gimmick. Like, it's not going to be a place to make money, right? I mean, I, it's funny you bring up Tesla. That might be the kind of thing that they have to do, too, is get, like, storefronts where they can show this thing off. Because you can't really, like, I watched the video, but you don't really get a good sense from the video when they're putting it up on stage on a flat screen. Like what this is going, what this experience is going to be like. You have to. It's like when the 3DS came out and they had to put all the units in in Targets and Best Buys. Like you have to see it for yourself, and it's something that you can't really like watch a flat image and get super excited about. Like I could, there there was a space simulator that they were showing, like a space combat simulator, and it looked really exciting. But again, it's in 2D, and it's hard to imagine how that's going to look in 3D without ever having played with that hardware yeah. before. Yeah, it's the problem. No one ever gets the proper feel of what this would really be like unless you get to try it out on your own. Um, I think that, you know, they're going to have to deal with a whole bunch of different issues. There, There's also just that feeling of being in virtual reality, but you're not actually feeling something. And so there is a disjoint and there's also the increased chance of feeling, you know, nauseous and dizzy. So there's a whole bunch of things that they're going to have to get through before it's a real consumer product that people are going to be able to use, though I love the idea to it. I would definitely be one of the people that would uh, go out to get one once it's really marketable. And there's Would like you games. dowinate that sale, Georgia? <laughs> would you show up and dowinate that? Oh, Brie. Brie. I would dowinate that sale. Yeah. She'd just go down and she'd put down her credit card, slam down her credit card on the table and say, Badow, give me it now. <laughs> 
Oh my god, like subconsciously in the 90s, I was channeling Georgia Dow before I ever met her when I came up with that catchphrase, Bladow. Oh my yeah. god. I mean, I thought that the Dow was in there intentionally. Yeah, no, that's, that's what I right. thought too. Was it wow. not? No. I thought so as well. Just tell, it, just tell us it was, Brie. Yeah. Let us, yeah. let us don't, have don't this. Don't make us ruin the, the mythos now. I mean, I assume that every episode title from now on is going to be a word with Dow <laughs> as a portmanteau inside of that word, yeah. right? And so this episode will be called Blood Dow, for example. Well, you right? Don't, we Isn't don't that just what that. we're doing let's now? Not, let's not do that. Let's. Ah, <laughs> are you fi- are you getting shy, Georgia? Because it's so I, much attention. There are I many things. None of them are shy, but mm. uh, you know, you need okay. to dominate your fear. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just rename the show Georgia Dow and Friends, and you know that'll be fine. Then we'll no, yeah. everything no, about Georgia. No, 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 no. My my next <laughs> keynote will be about Dowinating your fear. That'll be. What if you had a book about psychotherapy and it was called Dowinating your fear, and the cover was like you in your scale shirt with a hawk on your hand, and you were just like staring intently into the camera? I would buy that book. It would have to be a falcon, Maddie. A hawk would just be silly. Right, right. Sorry. Whatever bird Georgia has. She can just be surrounded by various birds of prey, and she'll be like, Dowination. Oh, that just sounds like one of those 80s infomercials. Yeah, but I mean, it would be an incredible book. I mean, the cover alone would right. be great. Right, right, right. So, uh, so other people, uh, Oculus? Yeah, I mean, it sounds pretty good. Yeah. Let's get back to this book you're going to... Sorry. I Guys, I don't know where I'm at today. I'm sorry. What's up? Uh, would, would, I you, think would you is... use it as, as the, the Xbox big screen mode? Is that something that you would ever do? Or does that sound like it's just like, you know, if they're doing it, then they may as well do this thing, but it's not really going to be... It's kind of like a gimmick that nobody's going to use. Does that sound interesting to you at all? Mm, not really. I mean, like living on another planet after I put on a headset sounds interesting to me. But pretty much everything else besides that, I'm like, eh. Utilitarian purposes to having a VR helmet. Why would I use those? I want to go to another land and walk around my living room. I'm going to create a simulator in Oculus that's going to be where gamers in it and they treat you like a human being. What? Like you create a simulation where I can right. like go to a fighting games tournament and I can like play a fighting game without anybody hitting on yep. me or being openly rude to me? Yep. That wow. doesn't sound like any fun. No, it sounds terrible. <laughs> it's definitely not my fantasy in life. I, I guess the only thing that kind of bothered me when I was watching it, because I watched the, you know, the whole thing of the, the touch, and I just wish that they had come up with other things to do with it other than pointing and making it into a gun. Because like mm. every, almost every example that he had was, oh, and this is how it's going to feel when you're shooting a gun, and this is how you're going <laughs> oh to hold God. it, and it's going to feel like a gun in your hand. And it's like... We get it. Games have guns. Like, it, what else can you do? Because I don't want that, – that's the only thing that worries me is that I don't want, like, a whole other – like, the next generation of gaming to just be about a better way to shoot somebody in the face over and over again. Like, I want anything else, and I feel like we have, you know, this fantastic opportunity to make games something bigger and something more interesting and something more more real – and I worry that, you know, the people who are, you know, on the other end of it are just thinking, well, how can I make this this gun look more realistic so that I can shoot people in the face more effectively? Why the face, Steve? Why the face? <laughs> because headshots, Georgia. Headshots okay. are way more okay. points. Everybody knows that. And it's the only way to kill a zombie. So I don't it's... know why I have to tell you about this. You should be telling me why in the face. 
Yeah. (laughs) Don't you have to shoot orcs in the face with your arrow or whatever? No, they they take a few body shots well. Okay. Okay. All right. Getting dark. It's getting dark, Steve. Yeah, I don't know. It just kind of bothered me just, you know, how many times they (laughs) they referenced making it into a gun. And it's like, what what, we can't do anything with this. And we're just going to make more efficient murder simulators over and over again. You know, just kind of, eh. We're freeing them. We're freeing them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, free, freeing them from their their face suffering. Freedom simulators, Steve. <laughs> They're called freedom freedom simulators. simulators. Freedom sim- <laughs> All right. Anybody else have anything they want to talk about with Oculus, or should we go on to what we haven't been playing this week? <laughs> Can I go first? Air, air our first, shame Steve? publicly. Can you ask ask me first, Steve? Okay, Georgia. What did you play this week? I haven't played anything. Okay. Don't kick me off the show. <laughs> Absurd. Terminated. I can't believe this. Terminate I can't now. believe don't this. Go vote. Don't go to the vote. I want to stay on the island. Vote her <laughs> off the island. Uh. <laughs> All right. So, Maddie, what did, you, what did you play other than the packing game this week? I played the packing game and it went really, really well. Um, but I also played, I tweeted about this. I played a couple of online matches of Marvel vs. Capcom 3 because I was packing, 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 and I was like, oh, I got to pack up my fight six soon. It'd be really cool to get a couple of matches in before I have to like pack up all my consoles just because I'm really feeling it. Um, yeah, don't do that. Don't ever do that. <laughs> don't ever take a break from packing to play a fighting game on the internet. It's not going to make you feel better. It's going to make you feel worse. <laughs> Don't do it. That's what I say. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it made me feel like garbage. <laughs> I got totally creamed because I was playing in the middle of the day on a weekday. And, like, anybody else who's playing video games in the middle of the day on a weekday probably doesn't have that much going on. Holler at that guy or gal, whoever you are. You're extremely good at video games. And every time I booted up another match, it was you again, Joker09. And you kicked my butt, like, a million times. So props to you for killing it and no props at all to me it was for me, feeling Maddie. bad about myself. So you were basically playing the Steve Lubitz fighting game simulator. Is, is I what was you were doing. playing it. This person was incredibly fast, which is really important to be in that game. Um, and yeah, they were very, very good. I think I got in like one combo ever and I felt really good about it. That, that, that is exactly <laughs> my experience playing fighting games. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, normally my experience playing MVC is not that. Normally that's not how it goes. But um, that was how it was that day. So, yeah. Shout out to that person, whoever they are, wherever you are. You're very good. Uh, also, I asked on Twitter if anybody wanted to play fighting games with me who was totally new at it. And... Um, I just want to say like a lot of people ask me on Twitter if I'll play fighting games with them and unanimously those people have been men. No offense to men, but um, it would be really cool if people who reached out and asked me to play fighting games with them were not men. That'd be cool and I'd be more excited about teaching you stuff if you're completely new at this and you're not a dude and you're really intimidated by it. So like if that's your situation, let me know and maybe we can play sometime. So, so not me then? Well, I mean, I'll play with you, Steve. Yeah. I have played with you. I have played Smash with you at your house, Steve. You are my actual friend. Like, this is not directed at you. You already have the privilege of, like, literally knowing me. This is, yeah. this is for our listeners okay. who, who are so not. So if you are, if, you are, if you are not a dude and you want to learn how to play fighting games, you know how to find Maddie on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let yeah. me know, and, and maybe Usually we can play. you have to pay thousands of dollars to, like, get some of Maddie's time on a college campus. So that's true, yeah. but that's I'm much like, that's how I had to pay to get Maddie to, to go to Fun Spot. So, yeah. <laughs> oh my God! What if I had demanded an appearance fee from you guys? 
We, that would have been why, incredible. What did, you, what did you do with the $200 I gave you? I just like put it directly into the token machine. Oh, okay. Like all of it. And it just filled the room with tokens. And I'm like, I'm going to go play pinball. See you guys. You should have taken them <laughs> home and put them in one of the empty rooms in your new apartment and swam through them. Oh like my gosh, yeah, you put them in the bathtub. Somebody else go. Why am I still talking? I feel like I've done nothing but say weird things on this episode. I hope at least one of those things was funny. Ugh. <sighs> I love Bree playing. So, Bree, did you get to play anything this week? or I played all the games. Okay. Do it! Yeah! I did it! Go for it. Do it! My terrible addiction to Destiny continues. Maddie, please, for the love of God, drive your moving truck to my house and steal <laughs> this game from me. <laughs> Okay. Oh I can't even I believe you're still playing it. Done. Like nothing, nothing about that game is compelling to me at all. So, so what? Is, what is it that keeps you coming back to that game? Seriously, is it John Syracuse? Is that the answer? <laughs> Do we have okay, to have so, a talk with John? Is, is yeah, that is it? he enabling over, you? Is John. he an Where's enabler? John? He is. He is. He is. <laughs> um, no. Over the over this weekend, I I joined a Destiny War Clan called the Feminist War Cult. <laughs> Yeah, I saw awesome. your screenshots of that. It yeah, does seem pretty badass. Yeah, that's really sweet. Um, I don't know. I think it's the search for weapons and leveling up. Like, you know, every single time you, you go out on a raid over 20, you don't know what's going to happen from it. And more times than not, you get an armor that's just worth nothing. And then sometimes, like, you get a legendary engram, which, like, bumps you up two levels. And it's just, like, that slot machine mentality, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible, um, and the game's not good, and, like, the gun play is really good, but, like, I've done this same five missions at least 30 times each, and it's it's very, very grindy. I, I cannot justify it. I'm up to level 27, so... <laughs> <laughs> You might you might need an intervention. Uh, I may need some help. Uh, literally, I'm going to get off this this call and I'm going to go play Destiny until like four in the morning. So, um, you know, because <laughs> I'm on San Fran time. Uh, so the other game I played is I beat uh, Danganronpa two again uh, on the plane back. Guys, that game is so good. I mean, look, the thing is, so many Japanese games. Like, do you know that moment in Final Fantasy plot where it just falls apart? It's all this pseudo-mystical nonsense that just, you're like, I hope this is lost in translation because it doesn't make any sense. Like, we all know that feeling, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I judge you. Okay, great. <laughs> Danganronpa is a philosophical masterpiece on hope versus despair. And as someone that's been in the death throes of Gamergate, that's kind of coming back into myself. And I, I hope our listeners like feel that like this has been a rough nine months. And like, I hope you feel me like being back to normal Brianna these days. It, it really means a lot to me, like believing in hope, putting aside despair. It, it's a lot of really awesome philosophical stuff wrapped up in a really good plot. So I beat that. I did the ending. It's not as brilliant as the first one is, but it's still really, really good. Um, and, you know, it's, again, it's worth buying a Vita for. So uh, also, before here, uh, I annihilated my husband at Peggle. And then <laughs> as I was leaving, I go, hey, Frank. Hey, Frank, can you give me Peggle lessons sometime? Oh, that's me. At being a gracious loser. That's oh, so man. It's so that's rough. Yes. Yeah. Peckle I feel for you, Frank. I feel for you. Peckle is a, it's a, it's a contact you know, sport. 
it's you know like if you're if your body can't handle peckle go play some football you know like <laughs> like it's it's hardcore in our house we take peckle very seriously i, I see that i see we that. do that's yeah. part of the show's canon listeners should know this yes. they should know Will you guys play me in Peckle sometimes? Yeah. No one will ever do that. I, I have. I have taken the I have taken the challenge. You got lucky that time, I, Steve. I am happier to be lucky than good. Okay. Steve, what you been playing? Um, so I spent a lot of time with the Splatoon single player this week. I decided to get myself back on the exercise bike, which I haven't been doing for a while, so I've been working through the through the single player messages. They're really good. Yeah, I played I played a little bit of them after we did our show because I had completely ignored it and forgotten yeah, that it existed. So, um, yeah, it's not bad. I mean, honestly, I like the multiplayer better, and I can't believe I'm even saying that. I know. It's, it's weird, but even though it's kind of like an af- – it feels like an afterthought, but it's not, and they do, especially once you get to, like, the third world, they do some really interesting things that – I hope will make their way into the multiplayer. Like they have uh, invisible platforms that only show up when you start inking them. And you have, they have like moving platforms that you have to duck under grates in order to get to the other side or you'll get pushed off. Um, And and the boss battles are really, really clever too. Um, I also, we randomly stumbled upon a three pack of the Amiibo today. So I started going back and the deal with the Amiibo is that they have you go back and do um, challenges that you've cleared in the single player with a different weapon. So the girl amiibo has you doing them with the char- with a charger weapon, which makes it uh, really interesting, especially when you have to get up walls very quickly. It's kind of tough to do that with those things that like erase the ink as they're running around. Um, and so they're they're like these little monsters that will erase ink as they as they walk over it, and you kind of have to bait them to go one way and then paint the other. But when you have to charge a weapon, it takes a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, with the boy, you have to do all that with a paint roller, which seems like it's going to be even more complicated. Um, so I've been doing that, and then I picked up uh, Tales from the Borderlands this week. Oh, I've got so many friends on that dev team. Good for you. Oh, it's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, I I played about an hour and a half of it last night, and it's uh, I'm I'm looking forward to getting back into it. Unfortunately, it's the kind of game that I can't play when the girls are around. It's I, I like that it's it's you know it's got a lot of serious stuff going on, but it doesn't take itself seriously. Um, and, and it does like, I like the world of borderlands more than I like the games of borderlands. So this is really yeah. kind of, I kind of hear that. So I could see this being a game that I really enjoy. Yeah. I think, I think you would pretty, it, I think it would appeal to your sense of humor, Maddie. I think it would. Uh, the, the borderlands games definitely do. And I, I actually got like a lot of enjoyment out of borderlands one and two, but then I played them for so long that I kind of got burned out because yeah. those games, it's like you can really only play them for, oh, I don't know, 150 hours or so. <laughs> and then you're like, I get it. <laughs> but I still really enjoy the world. So so maybe I'll check those out. Yeah, I, w- I would recommend it because I... A lot of cool ladies in those games too, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there are. And and there are co- some cool ladies in the in the Tales game also. You get to play as Fiona, who's like a thief, uh, like a like kind of like a, um, a scam artist. And, oh, and sweet. She's a, and she's a pretty interesting character. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting back to that. And then I, I played a lot of Hearthstone cause I'm, I'm hopelessly addicted, but, um, and started looking on, uh, sites to give me, uh, give me an edge, be- give me better, <laughs> uh, cards to draft in arena because that's my new jam. So that's like the sealed deck version of it. So yeah, I'm still have not spent any money, but still spending, uh, an inordinate amount of time in the game, but you know, time is money, you yeah, know, but you know, it is what it is. So I don't see it changing anytime soon. Um, we all have our vices. We all have our vices, so I'm I'm happy to indulge in that one a little bit. 
Um, so anything for housekeeping? Oh, so Bree, is there is there a video of your um your talks at AllConf this week? Is there anything on the on the internet that we can put a link to anyone who was unlikely unlucky enough to not be in San Francisco this week? There is, but more interestingly, um, you know, and those talks were great. But uh, if I could ask my listeners to do anything, there's a documentary I shot at um, PAX this year. Which, if you remember, um, there were some, remember the, the PAX East Enforcer that sent me death threats in the middle of the conference? Well, there was a documentary film crew as all that was happening. So um, they put together a really professional documentary about that, and now they're doing a Kickstarter. Um, so I hope that our listeners will look at that. Zoe Quinn is also in it quite a bit. And I hope you'll look at it and consider supporting it. Okay, awesome. Uh, can you just send me a link to that when you get a chance so that I can no. put that in the show? Okay, fine. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, one other thing that I just want to mention that um, Sharif Jackson does a, a video. We mentioned him a couple weeks ago. He does a video series called Gaming Looks Good on YouTube, and he uh, his last episode with Assass- on Assassin's Creed, the new one that's in China, he did wearing one of our shirts. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Wow. So um, Sharif's awesome, by the way. And you Sharif definitely, is very awesome. Yeah. You should check out his videos. They're you should very definitely good. check out his videos. I love him. Yeah. yeah. He's fantastic. Every time, like most people, when they interact with me on Twitter, I'm like, oh, I wish you hadn't done that. But he's awesome. <laughs> like, no, he is. Time, he's great. He's, he's great. great. He's great. Yeah. No, he's becoming one of my favorite people. And he, he is. You should definitely support his Everyone work. else should be yeah. jealous because he's one of our favorite people. <laughs> In relation to Georgia, how how many Georgias? What what no, coefficient no, 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 no. of Georgia that, would he that be? That comparison is yeah. unfair. Yeah. That comparison is unfair. I, I mean, Georgia even... just kind of breaks the breaks the, yeah, the bottom of the thermometer. They, there's right. too much domination, you know. Like we can't we can't even really compare those. All right, so I guess we should wrap up and uh, let these nice people go on a Friday night. No. who are listening to us. No, and, no, we will not wrap up this show. <laughs> I don't agree to, to pressing the red button and ending the podcast. It will continue until I am satisfied. Wait, I'm the one who presses the red button to end the podcast, though. Oh, man. <laughs> it could ah! end at any time. We have no control over what happens. Steve finally asserts his power over the show. I don't have much power, but I have the power to press the big red button. Wow. <laughs> How did we let Steve go? get I don't that know. Power. That was a tactical Seriously. error is, is what mm. that was. You can find the, you can find the show notes for this show and every show at relay.fm slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. You can send us uh, feedback via email to feedback at isometricshow.com. Uh, please do go rate and review the show on iTunes. We got a few ratings this week. We love getting ratings. Woo-hoo. We love getting ri- written reviews that uh, we love seeing that and it does help us out a ton. So if you can take the time to do that and you haven't already, we would love that. Um, we are, as always, part of the fantastic Relay.fm network. Uh, you can go listen to Bree- all the other news from WWDC on Rocket or you we can were listen to... We fire this week. Yeah. Oh, it was, we it was fire. It was uh, a fire hose of information on Rocket this week. Well, Christina and I were in the same room together, and it's like it's like you had these two mirrors of technical information like reflecting off each other for infinity, and then it was just a podcast explosion. It was awesome. It, it was it was like a peanut butter cup of podcasting goodness. It was like or yeah. a pixie stick we'll of podcasting. With, we'll go with yeah. G-rated and a lot of Steve. different yeah. pixie stick flavors. Yes, yep. all all at the same time with the fun dip stick. Fun dip stick. The best way to do it. I'm, I'm going to give my Twitter handle because I have to escape. Okay. So, well, I, okay. Go so, ahead. So, so find me at Georgia underscore Dow 
Okay. That's it. That's all I do. And uh, you can find the show, the show's account at Isometric Show. I am at Wicked Good and Brie, where can people find you? Planning mutiny for the Starship Isometrics. I will be planning my mutiny where we overthrow Commander Lupitz on the show. That's what I will be doing. I got I got upgraded to commander. I, I thought I was uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was an ensign. So that's that's pretty good that I got a promotion. That's yeah, right. that doesn't seem. Yeah, well, I don't know how that happened. Well, did actually, we no. I was, rear, I was rear admiral a couple weeks ago, so that's I did go right. down to, uh, to commander. I didn't, I didn't vote for this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Maddie, where can meet people me, find you on on, uh, on the Twitter machine? I am at Samus Clone. What? I don't get to name my Twitter. You're going to oh, get you to. Say, We're yeah, doing oh, everything in the wrong order. Okay, I'm all screwed up now. Go ahead. Sorry. My handles <laughs> overthrow Steve Lubitz <laughs> at overthrow Steve Lubitz or the old handle, which is now dead to me, which is Space Cat Gal. What, what's sad is that I'm going to Twitter now and looking to see if somebody's registered overthrow Steve Lubitz because I pretty much assume that somebody has. If not, if not someone named Brianna. Will. I would hope our listeners would have already done I, that. I, they should have. They should have. <laughs> they have but they could do so on Squarespace. <laughs> <laughs> not this week. Not this week. And so, Maddie, just just so you know, like if you need a dude to lift heavy stuff, I will sacrifice my husband as tribute. I will offer my husband as tribute. <laughs> we actually have a few other people who have sacrificed themselves as tribute tomorrow afternoon. All right, all right. Good so luck with that. Good I luck think it's going to be okay. I feel right. I'm feeling really good about it. I'm completely done packing, by the way. So, like good. everything is good to go. So I'm going to yeah, go but home. Then you've got to unpack. Did we actually end the show? No. Okay. <laughs> Uh, oh, so Maddie, why don't you give your Twitter Twitter handle so we can end the show and then talk about packing? Fine. Okay. <laughs> My Twitter handle is Samus Clone. And, and George already gave her. So thank you as always for listening, and we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Yeah.